Hello and welcome to GIST Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. GIST stands for Getting the Shit Together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on GIST, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email to let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. And what I do on my show, Just Do It, is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some sort of innovative programming that engages the public. That could be an ongoing project, an artist collaborative, a nonprofit entity, a business, whatever form it takes. We here at Just Inc. want to support and champion artists who have diversified their practice so that they can uh, engage an audience and have a career on their own terms. Uh, We really champion DIY spirit, DIY practices, and uh, this radio station is hopefully not only an archive of uh, people in LA doing this kind of um, programming and various programming, but hopefully can inform and inspire others to do uh, the same if they'd like to. So today, uh, my guest on the show is someone who really has his shit together. I mean, he could probably be a spokesperson for Just Do It and for Just because he uh, really poster child and, and you'll see why as we get talking to Keo Griffith. Uh, Keo is a Los Angeles-based, continent-crossing artist, curator, writer, performer, collaborator, extraordinaire. He's deeply involved in several artist collectives, and um, they put on exhibitions and events in that DIY modality. And the main guiding principle being to value the power of direct engagement between artists and audiences that I stole from one of the descriptions of the groups he's involved with. Uh, Keo is founder and or core member of Archa Curatorial, Mass or Mass Attack Shows, Durden and Ray, Cafe Mode, Type, RP, 9 RPM, and there might be others, and we'll get to um, pulling apart each of those and, and his uh, role in them. Uh, I looked on his website, of course, and, and in 2015 alone, Kia was involved in no less than 60, that was 6-0 projects, from group shows to curatorial projects to performances to live visuals, things that he presents. I'm going to talk to him about each of those categories, but I, uh, Keo and I just only met face to face a couple of weeks ago. I have been cyber friends uh, with him on Facebook for quite a while. Uh, Facebook seems to be the go-to place for my kind of research, and Keo's name is always popping up. Maybe I've been even stalking him a little bit on Facebook, and I've been tracking his various projects for over a year. Anyway, we just met face-to-face at the Fabric Art Fair, which is an independently produced art fair in downtown LA that just happened. Uh, Full disclosure, Keo writes for Fabric. He also organized a group show at a booth there. And we finally met face-to-face briefly. And uh, I did joke, uh, Keo, you might remember I joked that you must live alone with no family, no pets, no kids, no distractions whatsoever for the amount of output that you are involved in. (laughs) Um, But I 
I don't think that's true, although we don't won't get into too much of that. <laughs> I think you just have a true dedication and a lot of energy to uh, what you're doing. So um, that was a long introduction, but I hope I've got people hooked to hear about uh, the hows and whys of, of what you do. So Keo, welcome to Just Do It. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, Kara. Oh, I'm, I'm, like you're I'm, one I'm, of the I might not even have to be here to talk anymore. No, 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 no. I know. I'm saying <laughs> You've covered the whole ground already. <laughs> I'm saying too much. No, no. I just no, need no, no, the, no, no. the groundwork, and I want to hear details and, you know, really, mm-hmm. yeah, what, why and how you do all of this. And what I always do, though, is at first, always, is, you know, have my guest talk about their artistic practice in terms of where, uh, you know, that's the grounding for all of this. We're working artists, you're a working artist whose practice involves all of this. So just a little bit about your background, the short pitch <laughs> about your background, mm. you know, where'd you come from? What, you know, mm. ha- when did you start making art yourself? You, you obviously are, are very active in that too. And then talk a little bit about the crossover, if there was one or when there was one, to all of this organizing, where did that kernel come from, from making art to doing this kind of um, collaborating and, and presenting? I see. Well, um, my background is that I, I'm born in Japan. I'm half Japanese. My father is American. He's from New York. And my mother's um, uh, a daughter of a uh, naval officer in Japan. Um, I'm a product of the 60s, <laughs> so you know my age. Um, Roughly. So, I, <laughs> so um, I've, I've been pretty much exposed to some kind of creative form of um, expression, art or performance or whatever, through my whole life, um, which started with my parents, especially my father, who befriended a, um, a student who was trying to get into the Tokyo University of Arts uh, in the 60s. And... Um, Back then, it was really hard to get into any university, so he didn't make it in five years. In the sixth year, he decided he was out of money, so he had to um, room with us in in our house. So he became my um, babysitter, basically. Was this in, I'm sorry, just to interrupt you, was this in, did you live in Japan in your early years, or was this here in the States? Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Okay. Yeah, Yeah. so um, pretty much the first 19 years is in Japan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, there was a little interruption from 66, 65 to 68. I was in New York. so, mm-hmm. And that's where uh, my younger brother was born. Mm-hmm. But uh, aside from that, um, so, you know, my first experience of uh, being babysat was uh, with this man. And um, we didn't really have any toys, but he had paint brushes and, you know, sumi brushes and stuff like that that he would um, allow me to play with. So that's my early experience, really. Mm-hmm. And since well, art then, and I've just been, yeah, but not even, not even, um, you know, knowing that that is art or anything, just, just kind of right. play tools. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so it, I think my experience is just that every one of these things are sort of about playing, and mm-hmm. I, I have a tendency to explore a lot, like you have said, but the. I think the, t- the thread that ties through everything is that it's all about play. And, mm-hmm. and um, at the beginning, I, I was, you know, I'm pretty much a loner, really. 
except I, I love cats. And um, You're a loner. That's my, you, well, <laughs> a loner with 5,000 friends on one Facebook profile and about 1,200 on the other. So, <laughs> so I, and, and, you bring, and you curate and bring shows together with hundreds of artists. So that's pretty funny. Maybe that's your balance, that you have to be a bit of a loner at home with your cats to do these projects yeah, that involve yeah, so yeah. many people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm putting no, no, there, in your there, head. There's a precarious um, you know, balance between being quiet and alone, you know, without mm-hmm. anything going on around you. Um, I do have cats, but they're sort of out, outdoor cats that come in and out. <laughs> so I take care of them. <laughs> so they're really quiet. <laughs> No, 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 no. One, one is just quite feral. It's just it was meowing oh. at me and <laughs> demanding food and water and you know. Oh my God! Like, yeah, like yeah, an animal will do <laughs> but, that. No, but that is an interesting thing that you're saying. You have a balance between that quietness and and then the the activity that uh, you know on the other side. So that's a good balance to have. Maybe that's how yeah. you maintain your sanity. I think so. I think if, yeah. if I had one or one too much or the other, then it'd probably be a little bit weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, same with me with my background too. It's like you know, I, I go back and forth between being completely Japanese or trying to be American and not really understanding who I am most of the time. But you know, in reality, <laughs> in reality, I think I'm both. Anyways. Well, yes, of course. Of course, and there's and and you're are you implying too that there is a different sensibility about obviously about those cultures and and when you were talking about playing with the brushes in Japan, I just thought you know I mean art and and life in Japan is so much more kind of art and culture and ritual that's so much more ingrained and part of everyone's life in a way that that in a, in America it it seems a bit more separate unless you are you know born into you know some kind of creative uh household i mean that's generalizing but um i just i did have that thought and then as you're talking to about that duality i think you're right about that um i i I never really um fully had in my consciousness that that what what art is is in capital letters right until Mm -hmm. i actually came out here for college you know Mm -hmm. because most of the activities over there you know is it's kind of part of the culture or or life right you kind of breathe all that stuff that's about creativity Mm -hmm. and right you know it it could be through you know tea ceremonies or flower arrangements or any of those things but you know you you never really think of it as a status or Mm -hmm. it's very different something that you yeah something that you cultivate and you know nurturing yourself Mm -hmm. right speaking of of I was just going to pick mm-hmm. up on the word status there too, because I just really see that you are committed to all of these collaboratives, which is not about status. And in the art world, especially in LA, which can be so status driven and so linear mm-hmm. up and down, you know, it's kind of, yeah, power driven and status driven, you mm-hmm. choose to curate and organize in a way that is way more democratic and way more, again, collaborative. And I think that's a, to me, that's something that is really now becoming this wave in LA. You've been in LA long enough to maybe have seen it, I think, or perhaps it's just more in the fore. And there's in, and there's so many independent curators and people doing independent projects. I mean, I, I for instance, when when I um, picked up off the off the website for Artra Curatorial, the uh-huh. um, the uh, which, mission which, which statement I gotta, there, which I, which I got to correct, I'm not really a founder. 
founder. No, uh, oh, I know, no, I, I said American I said you were founder and or. I've been invited to be part of the team. So. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, part of the team. Sure. No, I didn't. I hope I didn't okay. imply. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, <laughs> no, it was founded in 2009 by Max Press Neal and Colton Stenke. Colton. Is that how you say it? Stenke. Colton. Mm-hmm. Stenke. And, and yeah. Max. Max actually has been a guest on my show. I mm-hmm. interviewed him and a couple of the artists involved in Durden and Ray, which is another one that you're right. involved with. So there's yeah. a nice crossover there. But yeah, yeah, so you are part of the Archer team now. You're listed as a development director. But I just loved the statement about Archer. It says mm-hmm. um, it was formed to answer the restrictions in exhibiting opportunities for artists following the economic meltdown. With commercial galleries closing, nonprofits seeing their budgets shrink and future funding drying up, we felt the need for a return to some DIY creativity in the search for an engagement between artists and audiences. So that kind of breakdown. Yeah, as far as answering your question about the turning point, I think Mm -hmm. uh, 2008 was one of those turning points after the Lehman shock. You know, uh, a lot of the galleries (laughs) vanished, Mm -hmm. for example. Mm -hmm. And if you do the math, you know, if you sign up with a gallery, let's say that they had a roster of like 10 or, you know, 12 at the most, then you think, when, when, when will I have a solo show there, right? Right, maybe not even. It's most likely five years later. Yeah, right, right. right. Mm -hmm. Then in in your lifetime, how many solicitors are you going to actually have, right? It may be two or three. So, you know, that's not fun. No, no, and it's not right. It's not productive, and and, and it causes competition. It's a competitive, Mm -hmm. it becomes more, it kind of, yeah, it it fosters that competitiveness, which I think is breaking down with these artist-run things. Right, right. Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose of having a you know an active and you know like uh, colorful artist life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, creating these other opportunities and other spaces, and you know, and a, being more of a collaborative effort makes it a lot more fun for all of us. Absolutely. And in, in 2008, you founded Cafe Mode. Is that how, am I saying it right? Cafe mm-hmm. Mode. Yeah. So, yeah, so tell me about while, that. While Max was doing while Max was doing this thing with Artra with Colton. Um, I'm me in, in another universe, and this is me not even meeting Max yet. I haven't even oh. met him until 2010, I think. Right. Uh, so I decided that um, I'm going to activate spaces that are more, you know, on the street level, like cafes mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. restaurants, and and bring art there and performances, and see mm-hmm. how that would react or, you know, in, um, interplay with the people, the customers there. And uh, I, I find that that this has been very successful eight years later now. Um, it, for example, uh, I have a place called Balcony Coffee Co- Company in the west side here, and I'm doing a series of shows called uh, Full Show, which is where I have artists pick a famous painting from an era. So each show is based on movement, right? And I started doing this with Impressionism, and uh, we went to Expressionism and um, Social Realism, and even took a spin and went to Japanism, which is Japanese influence on uh, European art. Mm. And currently we have California Abstraction showing right now. So okay. What happens is what happens in this in this series is that when I bring this to the cafe and the the area around the cafe are populated by lawyers and realtors, right? So they go in 
for a break around three or four o'clock to get a coffee. And habitually they do this every day. And over the course of six weeks, which is how long the show is going to go on for, they get used to looking at this art. And at the end, um, I'm, I'm pretty lucky at this site because I do sell 20 to 30% of the art there. And wow. a lot of these arts um, pieces, they end up on the wall of the office, in their offices. Right. And, and for somebody who didn't know much about German Expressionism, I go in there to have a cup of coffee myself, and they would come and sit next to me in the counter, and they'll start talking about German Expressionism with me. Right, <laughs> and right. They'll, they'll, find, they'll do research on their own, and then they'll even teach me about something that I don't know about. So I, I like that. Quite a bit. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a wonderful democratic, open way to show a captive right. audience, you know, uh, right. art and and in a language that they understand and or get intrigued by, and then that mm-hmm. just hopefully opens up a, a whole new a whole new level f- uh, for them. So exactly. that's exactly yeah, that's great. Yeah. yeah. So that's okay. So that's one. So that's one. Let's that's let's tick through. <laughs> but that's one 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 thing that you do. Let's tick through a couple of the other things that you do uh-huh. and talk a little bit a sure. uh, detail about that. Um, by the way, do you know? Okay, Artra. What, what does that stand for? Or is is that something? Where does the name come from? Do you know? You know, Artra? I didn't really get. I didn't really get the full. No, okay, I was just curious. It, but, uh, I just was curious I think, because I, I um yeah. I think it's simply a palindrome, which means you can read mm-hmm. it from left or right. Oh, nice. Yes, yes, I see that. Aha, bing. Got it. I want wonderful. So, so, so I, I think anything is that. And if I if I interpret it, it might, it might be already in Max's mind that he came up with it anyways. But I think it's just, a, you know, it reflects itself, whether it's yeah, I love, yeah, or actually, left, or left, be, left or right or whatever. Yeah. Yep. So I, as soon as you said it, my brain. Idea. Yeah, as soon as you said it, my brain just now I see now I can't see it any other way. That word I, I, that's wonderful, actually, I love it. Um, and then the ma- mass, I know I, I figured out that or moss, I don't know if you moss the moss attack shows. Yeah. I know that moss stands for mutual appreciation society, which I, I love that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Artra puts on it looks like annual exhibitions, calling them mass attacks or moss attacks mm-hmm. at venues mm-hmm. all over Los Angeles. Again, involving sometimes a mm-hmm. hundred artists. And so mm-hmm. talk about Artra and organizing those and your, and your role in that and just a bit about um, that group. Okay. Um, so this ha- happened a few years ago. It's, it's not that long, really. We've done 11 shows so far. The next mm-hmm. one's going to be in San Diego in March. Um, so, again, you know, it's, it's thinking about what the needs are out there. And we thought, okay, what if we do a one night only thing and we bring artists in and it's kind of like people running their own boots at an art fair without walls, right? So you get to meet mm-hmm. each other, networking, you bring in collectors, everybody that we know, you know, between my pe- people that I know and people that Max, is, Max knows and all the artists knows. Um, when we did the first one uh, at the LA Mark building in the basement, I think we pulled in about three to four thousand people. 
Wow. I actually, are you talking about the collab? Is that called the collab show? Was that the collab or was that Moss Attack attached to the collab? That's different. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I, okay. Sorry. Because, because we'll talk about collab. On the the surface, you may actually look all kind of the same because of the people involved. (laughs) And just the the crowd, (laughs) the crowd Mm -hmm. that you attract. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, but, but, you know, you're kind of right about that. The purpose is the same. Right, it's all about networking and people getting out there, getting their work out there, getting names out there, and you know, creating a career for themselves. Yeah, so, and, and so connect direct, connecting. Yeah, connecting directly with audiences, mm-hmm. which include not only the, the right public. Exposure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but not right. Not only the right. public, but curators as well. I mean, you know, in a way, all these DIY spaces are giving galleries run for their money a little bit because you know, a gallery system is its own you know, rigid thing, you know, where, where I'm talking, you know, mm-hmm. blue chip gallery, where you get the representation, they take 50%. It's the job of the gallery to get the, the audience mm-hmm. and the sales and this and that. And the artist is there as the producer, but often not very involved, I think, in, in that level of what, what we're talking about, which is also the lifeblood of an artist is kind of community and having that community around and support and all of that. So I really think it's activating mm-hmm. This space that the that the the galleries kind of don't maybe or or most get most kind of you know typical I would say you know typical galleries, um, and the collab thing also was something interest is something interesting. I actually remember going to I think it was the second collab at the LA March where um, a collab was basically bringing together alternative spaces, nonprofit institutions, independent art initiatives all together. I believe it was attached to an art fair, actually. Wasn't it with the LA Art Fair and then Collab was underneath? Uh, it? No, it was actually attached to the art platform. Okay, right. Our, our two, platform. Yeah. yeah which, which lasted two years, which right. is very unfortunate because I, I thought that model was very good. And yeah, worked, yeah, I remember, yep, I remember the visiting. Funding didn't, the, funding, mm. the funding didn't last. Um, yeah, for platform. Yeah. Well, okay, the you brought one, up a word. The second one was at the, oh, sorry about that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm just going to jump on the funding word because I do think that yeah, sometimes it's it just, it's very, the different kinds of things that you do have different kinds mm-hmm. of, I believe, funding sources and some are independently produced, some by just you, some are a group. I, I believe that Artra is an official nonprofit. Is that correct? No, we don't have that. No? It's just, okay. it's okay, just, because, no. We, we're just okay. running on our own. <laughs> running on your own. Okay, no, that's, I mean, as development director, Keo, how do you, because that's what your, your technical <laughs> title there, how do you develop the funding to keep these projects going and, and keep people getting some income, you know, whether it's the, the organizers, the, the directors, or the artists? Is it all by, tell me, tell, is it all by shoestring? Is it, what? I mean, I think that's the, hmm. the, the assumption, although I, I hope well, there's not, well, I know, hope there's something think, beyond that assumption. <laughs> I think I think those titles are a little misleading. I just picked no. that title because it was, it was convenient. But you yeah. know, my, my title is my title is owned by Jason Ramos, who runs uh, Eastside International before. So I took out I took up his position mm-hmm. uh, when he left. Yeah. To uh, to run, um, you know, Eastside. Which, by but the way, I'm I, getting I, them on my show soon. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, you yeah. should. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I see that as being um, PR, for one thing, mm-hmm. yeah. and negotiating, for another thing. Um, so it's not necessarily collecting money, I think, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of my work is also, you know, helping Max curate things, too. So it, it goes everywhere. It's not kind of, um, you know, stuck in that word. 
Right, right, right. Whatever that means. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, you're yeah. so so the groups, so these groups are are really about finding resources, whether it's space, mm-hmm. an artist mm-hmm. who would like to join in and you know, and and friends and you know, some people who will give you some free stuff. And I mean it's basically all very <laughs> community well, I'm talking about you know, like beer and yeah, you know, it's like basically all very community based and and uh, but it's such a strong there's such strong projects that have been going on for so long and that's also something that's unique I must say I mean you know ten now you know eight years in the eight years going you know seven years going mm-hmm. I mean even even those are big numbers um, because mm-hmm. more often than not artists will mm-hmm. you know start something there'll be some energy around it people will coalesce around it and then and maybe it's just a natural progression but then they will kind of break up and move on often because of the resources which are lacking. I mean, I really wish there were more viable, tangible ways for groups like this to uh, get resources for surviving um, a long time, you know, because um, that would be nice. (laughs) But your groups have lasted a very long time. And do you think that's because of the commitment of the people and basically the relationships that just keeps them chugging on? I think so. I think in the end, you realize that you do need each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, the teamwork does work after all, right? Even though we all, all have our artistic egos and we want to be separate sometimes and have our own time. But in the end, we do want to get together and create this, you know, massive energy, especially in LA, because you can get lost in the car quite a bit. Oh yeah, um, you can get lost in many ways in LA. <laughs> but <laughs> exactly. I think you guys have luck. I think you guys must have lucked out. You know, stars aligned in a way in terms of bringing these core people together because you know Max and Jason and you know you and, and, and there's like just there's you seem to even and you go in these circles which then intersect and then pull apart but you always come back. So it seems like from the outside, I bet that I bet you have just really strong relationships because that's what it takes as yeah. well. Yeah. I, I believe. Think, I think it's very healthy. I think it's very healthy. You know, we kind of like free active electrons, right? <laughs> yeah. we, we, we create new nucleuses that we kind of rotate or, you know, orbit around. And then, um, you know, some of these are getting bigger and hopefully it will influence other ones to create their own communities. But right. um, I think, I think LA as a whole, if we, if we combine efforts, we could really create quite a, quite a scene here because it's, it's very diverse. I think it's very unique. Um, it's probably the only place on earth where if you said, I want to go and eat North Burmese food, this is the place you can find it. <laughs> right. You know? right. I, don't think, yep. I, think, I don't think you can do that in New York. No. Right. No, no I, I, I agree. I think, yeah, I think we, LA we is a, a strong, new frontier here. Yeah, we got a strong Asian uh, presence here more than and, anywhere else. And you know what? Actually, what I would like is you, what I'd like to do is spend a few minutes talking about your mm-hmm. your collaborative projects that happen in Japan because you go back and forth a lot and you yeah. have an organization now. And so please talk about your continued connection with the country. You're going back and forth, the kinds of projects that you're doing with artists there. I would find that to be fascinating. Okay, sure. So um, I created this thing called Type, which is Tokyo Yokohama Project Exchange, um, the initials spelling out that acronym. Um, which probably doesn't really uh, work right now because I'm working more with other cities in the country, so I might have to change eventually. But the need for this happened because I, I had a project um, two years ago that was a satellite curation of the 
the Oklahoma Triennial. And once I got the approval for that, which was quite short notice, um, the the Triennial was about to launch in about two weeks. And I got an email from the uh, city of Yokohama to say that, yeah, go do this. Whoa, so, did you wait, an unexpected invitation? <laughs> yeah, as a, as a satellite program, not not the main program, but satellite program. Right, meaning, right. so meaning you but, got a call, hey, in two weeks you have the show happening, and would you like to pull something together <laughs> with a ton of artists? And you said, sure. Well, I, well, <laughs> well, no, I, I sent in a proposal and it got accepted. Okay. But yeah. Still, two in, weeks in notice. Proposal, oh my goodness! <laughs> so, so, in the proposal, I'm, I'm supposed to create nine nine shows between Whoa. Yokohama and the city of Tokyo, right? Six here and three in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So, and included performances and you know, other things. And the, the bigger part was that I'm bringing seventy artists from LA over there. Oh, uh, in five suitcases. <laughs> Oh, that's a challenge. <laughs> wow. yeah, 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 that in yeah. itself but, is a know. performance right there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I hurriedly and emailed and called everybody wow. to collect their work, and uh, it was all done within, like, two weeks, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and that's, that's great about LA. You know, people are responsive. Mm-hmm. And, and they, know what, they know what's going on, and they know that it's for good. And... Uh, I don't think I can do this in Japan as quick as as here. People sure. people have people have this kind of like sixth or seventh or eighth sense that where it's like if you call them and you know what the signal is, they know exactly what it is, mm-hmm. and they're like magnets. You know, they'll just get on the ride and go with you. It doesn't happen well, yeah. anywhere else. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, that's yeah. that's exciting. So so um. <laughs> So with Type, what are your up? You have some upcoming projects with Type as well, correct? Um, I just finished one where it was at Fabric Expo, actually. Um, you know, the booth you came to was the Archer booth, but I, I also had four other booths on the other side of the building, which were Japanese booths. Yes, I did visit at least a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had um, let's see, three or four, actually five artists present there. And uh, my gallerist friend Yuko was there too, and we had a we had two installations. One was um, installation in the blue. I'm calling it a blue room because it was this blue plastic in the room that was kind of hard to use. But we figured it out with this artist uh, Akio Shikia, who's an art director in Tokyo, and he used uh, facial masks that he used for you know uh, covering your mouth from protecting yourself from pollution. And he created these lotus flowers out of them. Right, so and they were we stuck in a, the ground. Yeah, exactly. Like so like a like a field of flowers. Yeah. I saw it. Yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. I, that was yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that it, was was a, it was a lotus garden in this room, mm-hmm. um, which was right by the entryway, which worked really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I loved it because uh, so, when you first when you first glanced, you weren't sure what they were made of, and then of course that mm-hmm. lovely aha moment where you realized that they were. Like the you know face masks, like almost like the surgical masks that so many people in Japan wear uh, because of pollution and germs, right? I mean that's why why they wear them. Yeah, um, pollution, germs, or even even protecting your yourself from other people. I mean, 
other people from yourself because mm, you were yeah. there when you have a cold. <laughs> well, conscientious. Why don't we adopt that here? Exactly. We all we all have a lot exactly. less. <laughs> we have a lot less illness, right? But but there is, oh, yeah, walking around with the mask would get 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 have something. You have to get used to it. But I suppose if it's culturally accepted, then then it would be good. But it is a conscientious yeah, yeah. way of living, which again is very uh, dare I say you know Japanese in in a way. Um, uh-huh. Can I ask you about one project that sticks out because it's just such a, you know, such a sure. odd place in a way? It's not, that you did something in Croatia in 2015, a group show oh, okay. at, at a gallery there. I was just curious because I was on your list of 60 projects. Mm-hmm. I just circled a few that popped out for, mm-hmm. you know, different okay. reasons. Sure, sure. Um, that's not my curation. I was invited to be in a oh, group, group show for that. So I, I, right, right. So I sent, I sent my work for that one. And that was curious oh, okay. by... Um, my really good friend, uh, KJ Baisa, Koan, he's mm-hmm. a really well-known curator. He went through the Whitney program, and he mm-hmm. he pretty much curates all over the world at many museums and uh, galleries. And uh, and he just did the Joshua Tree Annual, correct? Exactly. Yep, I went they, up there they, for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did that with uh, Bernard, another person mm-hmm. who's a resident uh, curator, artist, in, living in Joshua Tree. Yes, Bernard Levov. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm going to do a shameless plug. I'm going to do a shameless plug real quick because I actually had Bernard. I went up to Joshua Tree for the first Uh time in so many years for that triennial, which was so great. I mean, it was like just tons and tons of art all over the desert area of Joshua Tree and um, kind of the hub of it being Boxo Projects, which is Bernard's project. And I had him on my show as well. So if anyone's interested, they can look in the archives for that. Um, And I would love to get to talk to KJ at some point too. Uh, on my show because he definitely oh, sure. has a lot of, yeah, a lot of interesting projects always, always going, uh-huh. going, going. So, oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. well, the last thing I want to ask you about is it's just, I, lo- I was, I was looking at, you know, the, your list of past projects, which is it's just pages and pages and pages and pages. And in 2015, mm. I, and the, I like the way that you're kind of categorizing what you do. You know, you, you kind mm. of put it in these categories of group shows, uh, curating, performance, meaning either yourself performing or performing with others and then presenting. So what's the difference between performance and presenting in terms of what you're doing with those? And we haven't talked about your 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 involvement with music and live visuals. So maybe a li- can we talk a little bit about that? Sure, sure. <laughs> it's funny. You There's another category. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no my, my website is there actually mainly f- to remind me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> I got so much going on. It's like my schedule. Right. So, you know, right. when you see that there are categories there, it's also a reminder telling me, okay, I'm presenting this. I'm not performing there. <laughs> right. I mean, I was wondering, that's what I was kind of wanting to talk about. Like, because each one yeah. of these activities, it calls for different kinds of energies and leadership roles or this uh-huh. or that. I mean, and, and does it feel... Does it feel all kind of coalesced for you or or do you want to talk a little bit about those different roles and what it kind of, again, maybe presenting and, and performance and maybe in relation to the music stuff you do just so we can narrow it down? I think so. I think it's the same thing, really. You know, at one point I decided that uh, you have to do that or you'll just go crazy, insane. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, presenting is basically just like what I do for art curating, right? I bring in some bands and different people to work together for the first time, for example, which I really like doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of the musicians are very seasoned um, players. And they could just 
well, I, I don't want to make any um, assumptions, but I, I think in the most part, they're ready. They're pretty much ready to play with anybody, really. And mm-hmm. and that's great. And uh, LA has such a such a big population of um, these improvised artists who really should be um, um, exposed more. I think. Once again, you know, they're also very modest, and mm-hmm. they don't ask for much. But uh, there are quite a bit of venues all over town where you could see their shows. And if you if you get a taste of what the music is about it's quite exciting actually knowing that it's being made uh second by second on the spot right oh that's great all totally improv mm-hmm. and then you sometimes will set mm-hmm. up like visual visuals around or with or in conjunction yeah with. so yeah my, like my, a... my yeah my contribution mm-hmm. is that uh, sometimes i will get invited to do live visuals there which is the same thing mm-hmm. too i pretty much make um make video projections on the spot by oh great! Oh, so it's all oh that's fun. So it's all literally an improv kind of on the uh, on thing. Wow, I love that. And so that's what uh, um your other web your other web page nine RPM is all about. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the where you um cat um archive and publicize and all that kind of stuff with I with nine RPM, correct? Well, that's actually my design part of my work. So oh, another I'm, category I'm, I'm, to add. <laughs> Yeah, 9 RPM. I I decided uh, will be my um, catalog cataloging of all the album covers that or you know music design work that I've do done over the oh, past decade. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, I think I'm I'm way over 300 right now. Wow, so you've Guinness, designed 300 album covers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the Guinness World Record is. <laughs> I only have probably I don't I think I only have like 30 or 40 on there. At the moment, I got to bring wow. a lot of the past archives in there still, but that's quite a bit of work. Oh my gosh, three hundred! Um, yeah, three hundred is 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 yeah. quite a lot. How many years have you been doing that? Uh, let's see. Ever since mid nineties, I think, okay. is when I well, started been... working with major labels. Oh, okay. You should find yeah. out what the Guinness Book Record is. Hey, why not? You know what? If you're close. <laughs> <laughs> Could be, right? <laughs> but, but you might. I think in my perspective of meeting so many people in L.A. and having people, different people on my show, um, uh, Keo, I think you might hold the world record for amount, for the numbers of projects and ki- types of projects and kinds of diversification of your practice. I think you are, I think I might claim you as, as the record holder. So <laughs> I really am, have loved talking to you and will continue uh-huh. to be a fan of everything you do and support what you do. And I, again, you, you, you could be a poster child for, uh, you know, everything about diversifying one's practice. And it's just, it seems just to come out of you in a very natural way. That's kind of the person that you are. So I might put you on a poster for, for gist. What do you think? It could be like the face, the face of just. <laughs> well, we'll talk. We'll talk. Or maybe you'll design it. Anyway, I'm going to let you go. Although we could talk and talk and talk, I'm going to uh, kind of end it there. And hopefully, I'm sure that we've got some intrigued listeners who can check mm-hmm. your website, keogriffiths.com, mm-hmm. and go to Facebook. And you're a very mm-hmm. good promoter and marketer of all these things that you do. So just they can also, you know, look up Artra and Cafe Mode and Type and Durden and Ray and all, all the things that you're involved in and uh, just start start following what, what you do. I've I've been kind of 
going to see things in these circles and and have been very impressed with the, just the quality that that these key people that you're working with you keep it so high and it's really been uh for me impressive to see and so i'm, I'm a fan of of, of all this stuff <laughs> and you and i'm glad that we got a chance to talk keo and i hear you're off to japan tomorrow Oh no 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 not not yet. It'll be oh not yet, but week. soon, but soon, but soon. <laughs> yeah, very but, soon. Oh, I yeah. thought you said because when we were yeah, arranging but, it, you're like, we could do it from LA or from Tokyo next week. I'm like, well, let's just let's go for LA <laughs> before you before you fly off across the world again. But um, I, I think I think mentally I might be there already, but not physically. Right, right, okay, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. Well, good luck with that project, and I look forward to seeing you in in these circles in LA again, and um, we will see each other again. I'm sure. Thanks, Gio. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for asking me to do this. It's a pleasure oh, talking it's been, to you. Pleasure, pleasure is mine. And thank you for listening, those of you out there in uh, Just Do It land. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Just Inc., which is a company that is artist-run, providing information and technology solutions created by and for artists. You've heard about our mission, which is to support and help people like Keo and others who want to diversify their career on our website, justinc.org. We have so many pages of free resources on everything you need to know about the business of art. So check that out and uh, like us on Facebook and continue to listen to Just Do It. And thank you for spending some time with us. Signing off. Life is full of big moments. Getting married, having kids, moving into a new home. These are the kind of moments that change everything. And they might have you making changes to things you don't always think about, like your health coverage. Covered California wants you to know that when you have a big life change, you may be able to enroll in health coverage or adjust your current plan. The enrollment window is limited, so to see if you qualify or to find one of our local experts, visit CoveredCA.com today. Covered California. It's more than just health care. It's life care.